0: welcome friend to our garden party we hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt on the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on zoomer radio Good morning.
1: And guess what? I'm in Toronto. I'm here in the studio. How many weeks has it been? I've been, you know, broadcasting from home, and last week was a particularly interesting program for those who listened in. It was a one hour monologue by me. <laughs> like can it get less interesting than that? I'm not sure. So to make sure that wasn't gonna happen again, I brought in my very fun friend, Lori DeMonty. Welcome.
2: Hey Charlie, how are you today?
1: I'm excellent. Lori is, believe it or not, we went to high school together. So we go back quite a few years. Well, I'm not, who's counting, right? But Lori runs a company called Who Does Your Garden? So, again, Who Does Your Garden? What a great name for a company, Lori. Yeah, well, we find it works well. Yes, I bet. So people go, Oh my gosh, who does your garden? What are you doing here? Who's doing your garden? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And you do beautiful gardens. So you maintain, well, we'll get more into what you do, but just in a nutshell, Maintenance and design and install of beautiful plants.
2: That's right. It's all plant-focused.
1: Mm-hmm. Good stuff.
2: Yeah, what we do for the garden is re- largely dependent on what the plant
1: wants us to do. Ah, uh, yeah, so you listen to the plants. We do. Hey, that is so cool. Yeah. You know what? I, I mentioned to you I'm um, in the process of a production called Healing Gardens, which is a 10-episode mm-hmm. documentary series. I was talking to a professor from University of Guelph, in the Royal Botanical Gardens this past week. And he is a microbiologist, he's a plant scientist, he's he's been doing this for a very long time. And and like he said, you know, plants can't get away. They don't have legs to run away when they're under threat. He said so it's pretty interesting the defense mechanisms that plants will come up with. And what's even more interesting, the communication between the plants. Oh,
2: the community is amazing.
1: And we can't We can't disregard that at all. Yeah, just because we don't speak plant doesn't mean plants don't speak, was his point. So it was very interesting. Like he, he, so your point is the same one that, you know, listen to what the plant is telling you if you can, as best you can, and place them and orient them, et cetera, as, as so that they can be good friends and support each other. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Good point. So listen, uh, we're hoping to get some calls. Would you like to give out the numbers? I like to put people to work when they're joining me. (laughs) Okay, so for Toronto callers, you can call
2: 416-360-0740. And then an out-of-town toll-free number is 1-866-740-4740.
1: Nice. Well done. Well done. So, um, just a couple of announcements before we go any further. I did get a few emails. One was from the Blenheim Hort Society. They are hosting an in person Hort Society meeting on Monday, September 20th. So I imagine that's. I'm confused where we are. Oh, it's this Monday. <laughs> this Monday, 7 p.m. at the John League building in Blenheim. Bill Ross will be the speaker. He is a nurseryman who will be speaking about ha- giving you tips and, and tricks and ideas on fall preparations for your garden. So that, that's a, you know, obviously a good yeah. primer for all of us. It's, yeah. Today's the last Saturday of summer. And the sky is telling us the beautiful blue sky of fall is telling us it is here. It is. And it's a really beautiful, it's a beautiful weekend. It's so. been gorgeous all week. Yeah, I mean, a bit hot for me, but still. <laughs> Sun's at a
2: different angle. <laughs> You've got to adjust but, those sunglasses.
1: Yeah, some, fall's coming, winter's coming, so it is time to start thinking about some of those preps, and we'll mm-hmm. be grilling you a little bit, I think, about what you're doing in your company for your clients. Um, one other, uh, announcement is from, Let's see. who we're, Where are we, guys? Uh, Oshawa. The Oshawa Garden Club. Let me know that they are having a plant sale, and it is today. So that is from 8 to 11 a.m. If you're interested in good deals on interesting plants from members of the Oshawa Garden Club, the location is 711, so 711 Mary Street North in Oshawa. So between 8 and 11 today. So you've And got, those
2: are always great,
1: show, uh, great sales because you can find little gems that have been really cared for. I know. Loved. Yeah, loved, loved plants. But you can also Find some very vigorous or what we might call right. invasive plants right. at those plant sales yeah. because people have so many of them. They're yeah. happy to share.
2: Yeah, and you can look in your neighborhood and see mm. how closely knit the neighbours are because yeah. how many of the same plants are that, on the same
1: street I'm, I always, that reminds me I remember going on a garden tour on Centre Island years yeah. ago as part of the Toronto Botanical Gardens tour and uh, it was amazing there was about four plants and they were everywhere yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean it was because everything goes by ferry, right yeah. so somebody brought you know, four people brought plants and then they shared them with everybody but it was just how they were put together differently which was interesting yeah, that's what was but really it was really really obvious yeah, yeah. limited palette and you've got to keep Take care of them. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. I don't know. Yeah, and and you're right about the how they're knitted together, like how different individuals have uh, found you know their their own creative streak and their own uh, you know making it look making that happy for them, right? Yeah, yeah. All right, so listen, we will just take a short break. Important messages from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. Joseph is on the line from Mississauga, so that's great. Happy to talk to Joseph in a few minutes. Feel free to call 416-360-0740. You should have this in your speed dial by now, 1-866-740-4740. Lori and I are hanging here, happy to chat. Back
0: in a sec. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: And here we are. I've got a special guest in the studio, Laurie DeMonte. Hello Charlie. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. It's pretty funny. We went to high school together. We were these cute little teenagers at Loretto Abbey in our short little mini pleated skirts. And now here we are with our silver hair glasses. (laughs) How things change. We are streaming live on the web for anybody who would like to watch and listen. Of course, it's go to AM740 or zoomermedia.ca, uh, and then listen live. It's that simple. You can just see it. See the silver haired old buddies, uh, here in the studio, but we are here to chat gardening and then we're looking forward to your questions, your tips, your techniques. I can see we've got Joseph waiting on the line. Lori, are you ready to uh, chat are. with Joseph? Let's All right. Go Good morning, Joseph. Good morning. Morning. What's going on?
3: Um, I have a plant, uh, I think they call it, um, air plants.
1: Air plants.
3: Yeah, it doesn't need any soil.
1: Yes. Also known as telensia, Tillandsia. T-I-L-L-A-N-D-S-I-A,
3: Tillandsia. Okay. Now, um, I want, uh, there any way that I can get it, get some new roots.
1: Well, you're right. They don't really have roots. They're not found in the soil. They're not what we call terrestrial plants. They, so they have kind of vestigial roots, but I mean, my favorite, air plants. They have a magnet glued onto the plant, and you use it as a fridge magnet. <laughs> like they're really just not in a pot, but it's important that they're in high humidity because they do all their moisture absorption through their leaves. Interesting. So you had to run them under the, the kitchen tap every uh, three, four, five days, and so the little the water gets down in between the little the leaves, and then you just let them drip dry, and then put them back wherever they were. But yeah, don't try and grow them in soil; they will rot. They just they naturally evolved living up in trees in tropical rainforests okay okay oh. thank you thanks Joseph <laughs> don't be a stranger <laughs> yeah I wish I could live in a tropical rainforest really up in a tree without any roots <laughs> <laughs> well you know it's unusual we say you know plants can't go anywhere because you know they're rooted but it, then there are examples that aren't so yeah. rooted and
2: so moss would be the moss that you see hanging from trees
1: so yeah this, like you know those the, the dripping Spanish mosses yeah. and sphagnum mosses well not sphagnum but um, Spanish mosses absolutely the curtains of it yeah and, that, and it is it's, it's all about environment right yeah. so I've have you, ever, have you ever been down to Georgia or South Carolina right. in the spring Boiling. when the azaleas are blooming yeah. and the moss is everywhere? Yeah. And it's like, oh my, it's like you're on a movie set, but yeah. it's real. All those old plantation houses. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but that's, again, different, milder climate than ours, but that high humidity makes such a difference.
2: Yeah, and that's something about so many times people want to have moss in between their interlock stepping stones and stuff like that. And I've always found if moss grows there naturally, Go for it! Don't take it away. Mm. If you want to enforce it and put it in, (sighs) hard to do. Yeah, nine times out of ten, it mm. fights
1: back. Well, and and you're right. And and I've been in that situation too. So that people don't want the moss, and I'm like, hold on, I'm going to take it home with me. (laughs) While I dig it out, I'm putting it in my pocket because I love the moss. Come on, (laughs) and then and then I take it home and I put it in the blender with the yogurt, (laughs) right? And zing it all around. And then I have this like (laughs) concrete duck painted the duck all up with yogurt covered you know spores of mosses and can't say it's really ever grown there it just kind of looks like it needs to be washed yeah. it's, <laughs> it's the like, experience of it all though. exactly it's a good idea but again you know that that duck or whatever it is you're trying to make the moss grow on, yeah. has to be in a you know, bit of sun, bit of shade, high moisture, you know, la la la, not right. too much wind. Yeah, it's all pretty And they're
2: not very steppable in, in that fragile environment. Not I until they're... in their real environment where they really take the steppable.
1: So when I was in British Columbia mm-hmm. earlier this summer as part of the Healing Gardens crew and, and doing an episode, I was in moss that you wouldn't believe. Like you just, the, you look at it, you say, I'm taking my shoes off That's and I right. might even just take my clothes off That's because right. this is just roll in this moss, spongy, right? Like yeah. it's like a like a, a water bed. Like it's just one of those like spongy, soft, super green. And they had had a drought, so um, they were really in a dry situation in Vancouver. I've never seen yellow lawns, but yeah. I did when I was there in July.
2: Was it crispy
1: the uh, the moss? No, it wasn't. No, yeah. because it was in this special garden called the Netobi Memorial Garden uh, on the campus of UBC, and it was just such a beautifully designed a beautiful campus, garden too. with big, you know layers and layers of trees right? right and all pruned and placed perfectly yeah. so that no matter which way you looked, there was always an right. amazing view right. so a really well-designed japanese garden it was really really uh, the style and the, the feeling of that garden was yeah. Uh, just
2: yeah well the three elements the what is it the water the sky and, and, and you know,
1: earth i think earth, yeah um,
2: so respectful of yeah the,
1: like, exactly yeah, yeah and, and but i mean there was it's like I say, layers of trees so that you know you'd have a tall tree a medium-sized tree the lower tree and and then you'd have your ground cover beneath. So yeah. lots and lots of textures, all shades of green, basically, right? right? right. There was but the
2: proportions not... are perfect. And that's know. what you have to think of constantly in your garden. You have to respect your, your house, the proportion of your house to the size of the plants and mm-hmm. the layering and the canopies, mm-hmm.
1: all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Layering is key. That's right. And, and then recognize that if a plant is happy, it doesn't just stop growing. It keeps that's growing. Right. And that can be a bit challenging because then there's the pruning. Yeah. And how many people prune with confidence or prune well? In your experience, uh,
2: aggravation.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm
2: going to take my aggravation out
1: on this plant. That's right. I'm going (laughs) to take my dull axe and go at it. (laughs) It's like, no. (laughs) Yeah, I know.
2: Yeah, pruning is a whole other story.
1: And it's an art, it's an art, it's a science. Um, many people are afraid to prune, so that's how I think... And
2: that's actually a
1: good key. If you're afraid, you're usually slower and more mm-hmm. methodical, or you'll just leave it up to somebody, or
2: mm-hmm. you'll, your fear will get you motivated to start to understand and to
1: learn. Which would be good. Which or be- you'll just close your eyes and go back and watch TV, and the plant yeah. becomes completely out of proportion with its surroundings.
2: Because the plant is not like a pillow you can fluff. I always say plants aren't furniture, pieces <laughs> of furniture. They're not static. hmm and that's that's what we have to stop thinking of plants as in the garden. They do change, they do evolve. Mm-hmm. Every day they're different.
1: Exactly. That's what I'm teaching my husband right now. <laughs> He's, he's, he's having bad dreams about pulling weeds because we have a big property with a lot of weeds. Right. He's like, will this ever be done? I go, no, this no, it'll not. never be done. Yeah. He's like, what? I go, mm-hmm. honey, there's always going to be weeds. Like, just relax. Yeah. Just be in the moment. Yeah. Don't get frustrated.
2: And you have to have imagination. I put a garden in on King Street this year, and it was a, what I call a hostile environment because it's right on King mm. Street. It's very noisy, high pollution in the air, extreme Belting hot sun, lots of reflective heat. Had to take up a lawn and put down a garden, which, of course, now this means that the soil is just awful underneath. And went there yesterday and realized that I'm going to have to renovate this entire planting next year. Oh. all the plants are growing, taking it on at a different rate. So the yeah. proportions of everything are
1: wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
2: I didn't respect the line here. Or I was,
1: over- was over-enthusiastic there. Aye. And the plants didn't read the catalogs, right? <laughs> if not. they would just read their tags and grow to what they're supposed to grow to, life would be easier for yeah, us, right? Yeah. Always learning. All right, I don't want to cut you off, but we do have to go for one short break. Listen to our, our you know, very important sponsors, and we will be right back. I'm with Laurie DeMonte from Who Does Your Garden, and I'm Charlie Dobbin. This is The Garden Show.
0: Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and for scythia and clubs, marigolds, magnolia, lavender, and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, Stalks, Stalks, hollyhocks, tulips, and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. That's
1: Charlie Dobbin and Laurie Demonte, my absolutely special guest. Hey Charlie, welcome again. <laughs> Lori is a wealth of op, uh, wealth of information, particularly when it comes to design principles, maintenance principles, beautiful gardens. She does have a what, What's your website? Uh, who does your dot com dot com? Okay, so who? No question mark? Just who, no question mark? Who does your garden dot com? If you want to check out what Lori's all about, but in the meantime, I see we have Cheryl calling in from Wasaga Beach. Cheryl. Hi Cheryl. Good morning Cheryl. Hi.
3: Hey, good morning Lori. Good morning, Cheryl. So um, I have a service berry that I moved last fall. It came back. It's doing well, except it has that, it's all coated with mildew or something on the leaves. And I know that normally you would spray it with dormancy spray, but I'm wondering, should I be doing anything now with it besides making sure that I don't drop the leaves and, and I get them out of the area? For, that, for the spring?
1: Uh, it's, did you so What did you say you were spraying it with, dormant No, birth? she was saying she should spray it with dormant spray, but not yet, because oh, it's not right. dormant, right? right? But powdery mildew, you're seeing like the mildew on the leaves. What What, oh, yeah. what do you tell a client when they say, well, what am I going to do with all this mildew on the leaves of my service berry?
2: Well, in some ways, I kind of just um, accept it, but mm-hmm. then I look at the, the Sorry, I can't hear you. Can you speak up just a little bit? In some ways, I respect it. One sec. I'll see if my... No, microphone.
1: that's not your mic. That's your headphones. Just a little closer, a little to, the closer the mic. to the mic. <clears throat> Sorry there. First time here. <laughs> um,
2: yeah, with with powdery mildew, it's indicative often of poor air circulation. And it's really hard to understand in a garden that you have poor air circulation when you're outside. But even something as simple as a fence that's... Um, completely closed in or there's a whole bunch of plants around it or even if there's just too much watering in the garden going on. Lori, I'm
3: water. losing you again.
1: Lori <laughs> is a soft-spoken person. <laughs> I'm going to hold the mic. Is that any better, Cheryl?
3: <laughs> no. a, a little better.
2: Just up the volume on the voice? Yeah. Better. Okay. Is that better? Yep. That's better. Okay. Should I repeat the whole thing then from the top? Sure, that would be great. Okay, anytime I see powdery mildew in the garden, I often think of the surroundings. So it's oftentimes um, promoted because there's a lack of air circulation. Plus, there's a lot of plants that are just prone to powdery mildew. Lilacs are, uh, turtle plants are, and and so is the uh, serviceberry, yeah. which is actually in the rose family. Mm-hmm. So it does like a lot of sun, and it likes it
1: pretty much all day to perform best. So... 6 hours or more of sun is yeah. optimal. Yeah. Good air circulation like you're yeah. saying. Pruning for its for openness, so you yeah. get air and sun penetrating yeah. into the plant. But um Cheryl made a good point which is she's being careful with her good garden hygiene, she's That's cleaning right. up. That's excellent, very good thing to do. That limits the spread of that powdery mildew mm-hmm. for next spring. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and I, and part of the reason I actually moved it was because where it was, it was a very bad spot. It wasn't supposed to be there. It was supposed to be a uh, choke cherry uh, or oh, yeah. chokeberry uh, bush. Uh-huh. And they gave us the wrong thing. We planted it, and two years later, I went, ah, oh.
1: This is a service <laughs> berry. <laughs> They're both beautiful plants, though. Yes. Yeah.
3: Yeah, so I moved it, but I I didn't get the Dornsey spray on in the spring. And I just thought it's not 100% covered, but there's a lot of it. I'm yeah. surprised it's done so well. Yeah. Does it flower for you? No, no, th- this one didn't didn't flower this year, but it's it's only honestly, I I cut it back drastically yeah. when I moved it.
1: Yeah, that's so where your flower it's buds were. Maybe
3: went. about three feet, three and a half feet tall. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh. So, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, but that's great. I mean, you did your transplanting last fall, which yeah. is optimal. Yeah. Very good time to transplant. If, in the process, you pruned it back, that's where your flower buds went, right? Mm-hmm. They were yeah. all on that those tips mm-hmm. and the new growth. I've actually had service berry blooming at my place in the last couple of weeks mm. because it's been such a funny summer between the you know, extreme drought and heat and yeah. on and on and on. So I've got yeah. magnolia has popped some buds on me. The service berry or Amalink here has also popped some buds yeah. completely out of season. Yeah. What are you going to do? Too, right it's all it's in response to the environment yep. things yeah. we can't control mm-hmm. but I wouldn't worry too much about it uh, Charlotte every year's a new year doing the things that that uh, Lori has suggested will certainly inc- like discourage powdery mildew in the future but we can't control the humidity and the rainfall etc yeah dormant spray is a good preventative spray it may help you but make sure the plant is dormant if you're you know follow the instructions on the package yes yes okay, okay. thank you very cool. much Cool. Thanks so much for yeah. calling. Love to hear from, you know, new voices. I'm sorry, your microphone isn't standing up very well.
2: Yeah, it's a little top heavy. Uh, you okay. want to stand
1: on this Kleenex box or something? That <laughs> might, might help. <laughs> I'll throw this Whoa. one. Hold on. Well, wait for a second. You never know what you can come up with here. All right. <clears throat> So thank you, Barb. Remember, we do, we're, you know, we're only halfway through the show. We've got time for calls and we're absolutely interested in listening to your questions, your tips, your techniques. Phone number here: local four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Or if you're calling from places like Wasaga Beach, 866 seven forty four seven forty. And Vicky, oh, wait a minute, hold on. Am I right? No, Barb. We're going to speak to Barb. She's calling from. I think it's eight. A- is it Aiden or Aiden? Where you're calling from? Good morning, Barb.
3: Good morning, Charlie. Um,
4: I was just wondering, is it better to trim a cedar and privet hedge in the spring or the
1: fall? Hmm. Are you just giving them a light shearing, or are you going to do like a real rejuvenation kind of...
4: Just a light trim.
1: When would you do that, Lori?
2: Well, I often look at the interior of both the the privet and the cedar, particularly the privet, because oftentimes hedges are cut with electronic devices and all that all you're attending to is the tips, the new growth. I really like to look into see what deadwood is down in there at the base and get rid of that first. That's always my primary target. And that and open Like, like the deciduous
1: up. privet that yeah. opens it up, going back to that air circulation yeah. and sun penetration.
2: And it's kind of unsightly, and it also leaves a lot of space for invaders, because we, don't, if you don't tend to the interior of the plant, you'll get a nice maple sapling that will grow into a maple tree. And Manitoba the elms, maple in Toronto. Just tons. So it's no yeah. longer a privet hedge, but it's a cornucopia of a mm-hmm. privet hedge. So that's one thing I just like to look at first. And then I think any time you want to, Just clip it back, clip it back. But I'm often much more a hands-on pruner with just hand tools, not shearing. And I find you have to do a lot less pruning and you like really once not even once a year sometimes if you've got it all under control well
1: and there's formal really formal pruning and then mm-hmm. there's more informal pruning when it comes to hedges mm-hmm. as well so sometimes that some of that shearing is connected to that i know super but i still don't look. i
2: still yeah. don't do it i just yeah. do it all just by hand yeah, yeah, yeah. and it it still has its formal look mm. but it's always nice fresh juvenile leaves that no. are always luscious looking mm-hmm. and softer
1: And I personally would not trim a cedar in the fall because whatever trimming you do on a cedar in the fall is going to leave blunt cut ends behind which are going to be there all winter and look quite
2: unsightly but that's another reason i don't use anything except hand because then you avoid all that right because
1: you with your hand pruners you go back to a little bit of green but if it is a pretty old cedar hedge and it's got a lot of nothing in the center and only a little bit of green on the outside um yeah it can be a little challenging cedars you really have Mm -hmm. to stay on top of them Mm -hmm. but you can shear or you know prune back. I I agree with you. I don't use electric um mm-hmm. shears. I have I do the Edward scissor hands uh mm-hmm. what the, you know the long blades mm-hmm. when it comes to hedges like and um you know large evergreen mm-hmm. uh trimming. But I typically do that when they're actively growing because mm-hmm. I find that whatever pruning i do the plant responds by growing back very vigorously mm-hmm. at that point mm-hmm. and any holes that have been caused by my removal mm-hmm. of of uh, branches fills in very quickly and uh, it that will not happen if you do that now
2: yeah and don't forget it's always nice to give them a little bit of food and check
1: your compost mm-hmm. check Yeah, always add All organic material to the soil yeah, yeah any spring or fall would you do that well or both
2: it's hard for me to answer that question because I'm in maintenance. Sometimes I just have to do it when I'm there, but that's why I do it with such care and precision by hand because Mm -hmm. I look at the the nodes and where the flushing is going to happen. If I cut this, what's supporting it underneath. Mm -hmm. So I might not cut it if nothing's there to support it. Mm -hmm. And then next year, because pruning isn't just a one-time thing. It's a lifetime thing. It's true.
1: (laughs) And different plants properly are pruned at different times of year, though that isn't always possible when it's a maintenance company Mm -hmm. or might not be there every week, but uh, it's hard to, just prune every plant on your day in may yeah yeah Um, which sometimes people do and then they go i don't understand why
2: (laughs) you know yeah just just do it with some thought and if you're taking a whole bunch off really do pay attention to the timing if you're just selectively clipping then you're probably okay any time of year mm. honestly yeah
1: yeah and, and with privet and things like that you can cut them down to six inches tall yeah um, i remember seeing a neighbor do that a long long time ago and going yeah. wow that's that just looked really weird done yeah. like you know a big old privet hedge taken yeah. down to six inches tall in the fall yeah but it was a great opportunity to get out all that deadwood yeah right expose the the crown of the plants yeah. um and yeah it was Pretty god awful looking all yeah. winter, but tell you what, it was gorgeous in the spring yeah. and just grew back. And you know, again, shearing at that point to keep it tidy. Yeah,
2: but then you might never have to take it down again if you mm. just keep focusing on the interior. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, which again, most people don't. Mm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's see who we got on the line right is now. Is that the same oh. um, for silver lace vine? Oh, <laughs> a vine is different from a hedge. <laughs> There's a there's a fast growing plant, yeah. a silver lace vine.
2: Yeah. What's your question specifically about that,
1: Barb? Did you have uh, something specific about?
4: Yeah, this? I was just wondering when when you um, cut that back in the fall or the spring.
2: Is that a new or an old wood bloomer? It's probably a
1: new, new I, yeah, think, but I think. No. I, I personally would cut it back in the spring. In the uh, spring. Yeah. And, and b- it depends again how yeah. far you want to go. If you want to be brutal, you mm-hmm. know, do a m- real serious cutting back, do it in the spring. The plant will survive. It will come back gangbusters. If you wait till July and say, oh, this plant is so overgrown, get out and start doing a big radical cut back in July, you'll kill it. So, you know, depending on the, you know, it's mm-hmm. hot, etc. stressful for the plant. Mm-hmm. So always remember when plants are <clears throat> vigorously growing, which is spring, you, you can't really go wrong. Pruning then will give you fresh growth. So thanks for that, Barb, and uh, um, yeah, let us know. I'd like to hear back how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> <The> <laughs> and I know line. <laughs> Lori will be listening as well to hear how that goes. In the meantime, look, we've got a Toronto caller. But we've got Vicky on the line. Good morning, Vicki.
5: For so your program. Thank you. Um, I have a question regarding a chocolate vine. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I bought it this year. And and it's growing like the dickens, but I have no idea when it should bloom, if it will bloom this year, like planted it in the spring. And uh, it's just growing and growing, and uh, I don't see anything.
2: That's the five-leaf acabea, is that yeah. what we're talking about? My favorite vine is that right? Oh, it
1: is. Yeah. So five leaf. Oh, so A K E B as in Bob I A. Akebia is the proper name of chocolate vine. We call it chocolate vine because when it blooms, they are little tiny brown flowers that with smell wings. with yeah Purple with wings. wings. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like pretty cool looking. Mm-hmm. That smell like not so much to me. They smell more like vanilla, but I, some people I think they smell it smells like chocolate. I always got.
2: Chocolate vine and Dutchman's pipe mixed up. I always used to oh, think right. they were calling Dutchman's pipe chocolate vine, but Dutchman's pipe smells like tobacco. That's right. why it's called well, the
1: flowers <laughs> look like a pipe. Oh, the flowers look like yeah, a
2: pipe. Okay, yeah. got that all mixed up. The the non-botanical names sometimes can mm-hmm. be confusing. Anyway, so what you're vine. asking about... When.
1: When. And will it bloom this year? No, because it blooms in the summer. it's spring. Blo- it, yeah, spring. Yeah, like yeah late it's spring, like late spring, like June-ish.
2: Uh... A little earlier than that, actually. Oh, is it? Yeah. I've got it all on my back porch. I've got some gorgeous pictures of it. in And you don't really see it. They're called insignificant flowers, Mm -hmm. but um, they do hang down a little bit from the leaves. So you've got about a week and a half to two to see them bloom. Mm -hmm. Um, Sun, shade, where did you plant it? I I plant them everywhere. Yeah. They're not self-supporting. So you've got to make sure that you artfully train it where you want to go. And it's very easy to train. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes all you have to do is put a little nail in your wood fence if you've got a wood and a little, little tiny piece of wire twine then, right on. Yeah, I've got a. You can you really do amazing things with it. I've got lights all through mine as well. Oh, it looks nice. gorgeous. Huh. Um,
1: I don't know. I think you just prune it for the way you want it to grow. Mm-hmm. And will it bloom this year? Obviously not. But if you do no pruning now, which is what I would suggest because it's so Don't newly planted. Now, yeah. You know, the first year or so, I pretty much let plants settle in. Mm-hmm. I let them show me what they want to mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. And then after the, maybe the second or third season, now I start Becoming the boss <laughs> mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. saying, okay, hold on. You know, I don't want you yeah. growing that way. I want you this way. You
2: are not allowed to smother this Japanese maple.
1: That's right. Exactly. <laughs> You're not allowed to cover my windows or whatever. <laughs> so, so Vicky, what I would probably do is leave it alone this winter. Um, Look for flowers, and they are insignificant, so mm-hmm. you're going to have to look for them, but you may smell them before you see them mm-hmm. next spring. And and then at that point, really think about where you want it to go. Start that directing, whether mm-hmm. it's with fishing line or little mm-hmm. nails or, uh, you know, a trellis, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Make sure it's got, it's got something to grow on that's going to add, you know, privacy to your garden, and beauty to your garden, whatever it is you're looking for. Okay, sound good?
5: Oh. On of, of my house and facing east, Yeah. but I was thinking it would probably do better in the back where I have a fence that I could climb all over.
2: What type of fence is it?
5: It's the wire fence. Oh, that's perfect. perfect. Yeah. 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 So when would it be the best time to move it then?
2: Now? Yeah, now is good. To get, I
5: could do it now. Yeah. So would I trim it then when I move it, I would trim it?
2: You, If it looks untidy or unsightly or anything is broken, but Remember, when it we do transplant,
1: we always leave some roots behind. So the theory is, is that if we're going to do some root pruning when we move plants, to prune the upper part of the plant it balances off the roots we've left behind. So mm-hmm. it's not a huge prune. And like Laurie said, if stuff gets broken in the process of moving it, then yeah, it makes sense to do some cutting back. But, oh, okay. But yeah, and with a vine, likely you will have to do some cutting back. It's just yeah, because what I
5: have it there now, like I have, a, I had a, a, a low trellis. But then I put a few strings on it and it went right up on my railing. So now it's all around my railing in the front. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sounds happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But um, so I would cut that part off when I move it and just bring it to the back.
3: Well, if you
2: have the patience to disentangle it, I would suggest disentangling it and taking as a big amount of the root ball at once as you can. Mm, of course, always. Yeah. Yes. And put it in a bucket with water. Oh. Okay, when you're taking it out of the ground, Right. Keep it in the water until your hole is ready to receive the new plant. Well, not, oh, okay.
1: not for a couple of days. No, no. A while few you're, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Yeah, just a short time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Make sure your hole is nice and happy and yeah. your root uh, ball goes in. And okay.
5: So we're in. And, and you said that the flowers are hard to see? The picture that it shows there, they're kind of a, a purple lilac
2: flower. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're t- there's tiny little wings, like smaller even than your baby fingernail. Mm-hmm.
5: Oh. I see. Yeah, but okay.
2: absolutely stunningly beautiful and, when you do and, see
5: them. And, it, and like there's lots of those little flowers. Tons
1: of them. Yeah, they yeah. grow, there's masses in clumps yeah. all along the, the oh, stands. Excellent. Yeah, that's straight.
5: what I was hoping yeah. for, yeah. Mm-hmm. So hopefully next year it will. Uh, it will surprise me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> i bet you know if it's doing well.
1: <laughs> it will. And mm-hmm. and again, the transplanting and cutting back you're going to do this year, this fall, it will have some impact on next year. So patience. Gardening is all about patience. And yes, uh, and yes, transplanting okay. is all about roots first. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. next year won't it be its best year, but the year after, it'll start doing its best years mm-hmm. from that point forward, I would say, based on moving it. And now is a great time to transplant. Soil okay, is nice excellent. and warm. Plants are so happy to be popped out out and pop back in, they just don't even notice it happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you have to do it yeah, quickly right. and, and you okay, do it right. Okay,
5: great. Thank you so much. Thanks for and calling.
1: Um, All right. Let's see. Okay, we do have to do one more break. Actually, there's one more after this too. But we're mm-hmm. not going anywhere, so don't you go anywhere. And I can see we've got uh, Monica waiting to speak with us, calling from Oakville. So, back right after this to see what's
0: going on in Monica's garden. Mm-hmm change stations just because the weather changes garden tips and advice all year round this is the garden show with charlie dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio.
1: Yep, it's Charlie Dobbin with a special guest, Lori DeMonte, of Who Does Your Garden, darling? It's gorgeous. <laughs> That's not really the name of the company. The company is Who Does Your Garden. But you're gorgeous, darling. <laughs> Thank you, darling. <laughs> there we are. Okay, we have waiting on the line, Monica, giving us a call from Oakville. Good morning, Monica. Good morning, Charlie. How are you doing? Doing well, and you?
4: I could really use some advice for my little maple tree. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a tree that I rescued from a dark corner. It had gotten very thin and spindly. But anyway, now it's planted in full sun. Uh, We've even taken the stakes off it, so it's very happy where it's located. Mm -hmm. But it's so happy that it's growing these very, very long branches Mm -hmm. from the crown, Mm -hmm. um, three, four feet Long, there must be at least uh, half a dozen, if not more, of them, and I'm I'm just wondering how I prune that properly.
1: So, how tall is the maple right now from ground?
4: Well, it's probably including these shoots coming off the top. It's probably now about
1: twenty feet tall. Oh my! So, and it is a single stem trunk. Yes. And at what point do the branches start along the trunk?
4: Well, that's the thing. There isn't one single crown uh, uh, shooting up the middle. It just sort of spreads from the trunk. The trunk is only about the size of my forearm, but it's very sturdy. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, I don't know, six feet, eight feet up is where the branches start sprouting right, so, in all directions.
1: Right, so you can walk beneath it. Right. Uh, and you, this maple was this something that a, a squirrel planted for you, or was it a plant that you actually planted yourself? No, at some no, point? a
4: squirrel planted it for
1: me. Okay, so you don't know what kind of maple uh, it is. I have is. lots of those. <laughs> Oakville. You're, you're the land of squirrels, I think. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, any idea what kind of maple it might be?
4: Well, I think probably just your run of the mill. It doesn't turn fantastically red in the fall or anything, but actually the leaves start out red in the spring and then they just turn green. And this year they have no no uh, black dots on them, for which I'm grateful.
1: That's good to know. Yeah, that's the tar spot.
4: Yeah, that was last year, but not this year.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if, that, if it doesn't get a great fall color. It could be a Norway maple. They are very prolific with their seeds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so, all right. I'll tell you what I think and then Laurie will tell you what she thinks. No, Do you want to say? No, I want you to tell me well, first. Well, yeah, um, so the thing with trees, deciduous trees like yeah. maples, you always want to have a single terminal leader on the plant. Yeah, yeah, I know. I googled that, you know, and I saw that, but I don't have one of those. You have to make one, so oh. you're going to have to get up on a ladder, or somebody's going to have to. It's actually better done with two people because you've got one person on the ground saying, "Get that one." No, 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 right, not right. that one. This one, yeah. and because you're up close when you're on the ladder with your pruners in your hand, whereas down on the ground you get a bit of a better perspective. Sure, sure. But once you're up there and you can see closely, there will be one... Branch that is facing Dominic. up to the sky that is going to be straighter, perhaps thicker, um, stronger than the others. So right away, and sometimes, you know, grab a little piece of ribbon or something You just go, we're not taking that one off. That's the leader. Then you stand back looking at all those other branches and you selectively prune out. And you, this is where you got to really like use your imagination because ultimately you want this tree to have a, a straight trunk and Branches that are spaced on all all 360 degrees of the trunk, and you want them to be growing where you can still mow the lawn beneath, right? So you want them high enough, but you also it's the angle that they're growing at that makes a difference. Whether they're a weak limb or a strong limb based on the angle that it's coming off the main trunk so i'm not saying you can do this all at once and you know spend half an hour and it's done but that's how it starts it starts with really studying that plant and studying its its skeleton its framework and then working with with what you've got they're recognizing you are going to have to take a bunch off do not take tips off leave those long because as soon as you take tips off you're going to end up with even more bushiness and you don't want bushiness you want a tree
4: yeah, yeah. My goodness, so leave these long spindly things on over the winter?
1: Not all of them. You're going to take some of them off.
4: Yeah.
2: Laurie, do you have anything to add to no, that? No, I think what you said is right, because you're looking for the term is called apical dominance, mm-hmm. and that one leader branch will do that for mm-hmm. you. Um yeah, and then just decide that is this gift that the squirrel has given you the best tree for your
1: property? <laughs> but I guess at 20 feet now, you're yeah. you're committed to it. Well, and the other thing is is that the, I, I know they might seem very soft and spindly and blowing in the wind, but once the, the winter comes and the winter winds come and all that stuff, those um, branches will be much thicker and more solid next spring. It, it's the blowing in the wind that really does make uh, trees strong, whether it's the main trunk or the branch Mm branches worst case yeah we get a real serious blow and some excuse me some breakage happens but let's assume that doesn't happen because right now they're very flexible we've had warm weather we've had sufficient rain and you get a lot of soft flexible growth when that happens and that's probably what you're looking at so just avoid any tip cutting instead look at full branch removal keep finding that terminal bud to or terminal branch to leave in position from now until eternity okay Thanks, Monica. Good luck with that. You can always take pictures. And you know what? Ultimately, if arborists can be a godsend, (laughs) ISA, International Society of Arboriculture.ca, you can find a certified arborist in your neighborhood who will come to your property, tell you what they will do for you. Not charge you anything at that point until you hire them to do what they're recommending. So whether it's pruning, deep root feeding, you know, uh, whatever, tree removal, uh, certified arborist is the way to go, I believe, because too many... Men with a chainsaw have Mm -hmm. had their way and Mm -hmm. done all kinds of damage to too many trees in Mm -hmm. my, in my world anyway. Look, 950, last time we're going to say back in a minute. Um, and when we are back in a minute, I'm going to ask Lori to tell us a little bit more about what she does and, and some of the, you know, things that are sort of fun and and keep her going in this wacky horticultural (laughs) business (laughs) right after this.
0: This is Zuma Radio Toronto, CFZM-FM and CFZM-AM, owned and operated by MZ Media Incorporated. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zuma Radio.
1: All right, here we are. I did leave you with the thought that I was going to put Lori Demonte on the spot mm-hmm. and have her share just a little bit about her company called Who Does Your Garden. What do you do? What's the most fun part of what you do? And yeah, what's what's your real driving force? Because horticulture is a labor of love. You got to admit that.
2: Yeah, you got to be sort of bent and crazy to bent and do it crazy. Over the I like last, it. Yeah,
1: fifteen twenty years that you
2: that I've been doing this. I always wanted to do gardening though it's a strong draw towards plants and um, what i try to do is just provide resilient gardens Mm -hmm. um keep them stunning keep them thriving uh do anything from renovation design new design keeping it keeping the old design happy Mm -hmm. uh lots and lots of pruning tons and tons of pruning uh container design right Uh, not so much vegetable I right. uh, can do a little bit of vegetable work, but that should really be the homeowner's mm-hmm. purview. Um, no lawns, obviously. No lawns, nothing electric, no tools. Right. Do, do tools. you ride your bike to your clients' places? Of course not. <laughs> when I'm doing consults, that's well, why I rode my bike here.
4: I know, that's why I asked.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just try to uh, coach people on and mm-hmm. uh, keep their enthusiasm going. Um, uh, get them confident in their garden. Uh Create patience, because uh, a new garden may take four or five years, but mm-hmm. once that five-year mark is hit, you'll really appreciate how layered, like we were talking before, mm-hmm. but how layered the canopy can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, accept failure.
1: You know, <laughs> yeah, and don't blame yeah. yourself, yeah. right? None of this black thumb yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah. some plants yeah. die. Some yeah. plants are just bum plants. Yeah. It's not your fault. Yes, yeah. I mean, might be, but go
2: through their growing <laughs> phases and right. you know, juveniles. Yeah. Uh, a lot of work with soil because soil is the fundamental thing that will keep your garden happy and mm-hmm. thriving and going. So lots and lots of work on soil, mm-hmm. paying attention to mulch, when <laughs> to use it, how to use it, how not to use it. Mm-hmm. Uh, compost, sand, all sorts of stuff, because it's many. It's it's the uh, web of life, the soil. Right. So you want to keep the web of life supporting your. S- yes, you're growth.
1: pretty holistic in your way of looking at yeah. these garden spaces. It's it's right from the ground up to the sky right. and everything in between.
2: Yeah, I try to use ecological practices, mm-hmm. uh, principles all the time mm-hmm. in the maintenance practices. Mm-hmm. So
1: and you're do. mostly urban-based. Most of your clients are in the GTA yeah, or, yes. or really
2: downtown Toronto. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've been lucky
2: enough to have a few cottages. In, mm-hmm. You know, some of the clients we end up doing their cottage at Simcoe and where you are, mm-hmm. in Trenton and Wellington, and mm-hmm. uh, up in um, Thornbury, places like oh, that. Oh, nice, So that's yeah. getting nice, too. Uh, I don't know the deer too well, though, so I no. have to get an
1: education on that. I'm, I haven't. I mean, I have deer in my back 40. Mm-hmm. But I, anyway, I we'll talk about that later mm-hmm. I, I I sprayed last fall With a very specific product called Plant Skid mm-hmm. I had no deer damage So mm-hmm. does that mean the plants skid protected Or the deer weren't interested in my plants anyway right. I'm not sure right. But I'll be spraying again on principle uh-huh. this fall uh-huh. Listen, we have like a couple of minutes here Let's just see if Ann in New Market wants to ask us something That we want to answer, right? right. Bottom line Morning, mm-hmm. Morning Ann, what's going on at your place?
3: Hi, how are you? Excellent Good to hear from you I I plant and is it too early to plant tulip bulbs?
2: I'd wait a little bit longer. It's, the soil is still a little bit too warm, and the the nights aren't quite cool enough.
1: Hmm. Um, if new market, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, you have go- tulips now. Obviously, you bought them.
3: Yes, <laughs> and I did plant some.
1: Yeah, and, but, but you know what else, Lori, and mm-hmm. you probably know this as well. If Anne doesn't plant them now, she's going to forget about them, mm-hmm. well, and then would, she'll be calling me in January, yeah, going, yeah. "You told me, oh, I forgot about them, and now they're <laughs> yeah. still in my garage." Yeah, I was going to preface that too. Are you going to be going away? Yeah.
2: That's the thing I was saying earlier about pruning. Sometimes I'm because I'm in the gardening business and provide services for clients. Sometimes it's not the best time to prune. Theoretically, mm-hmm. but you do it I anyway. Do it. Yeah. So you have to look at it holistically.
3: And yeah. yeah. you, you said pr- earlier, transplant. It's okay to do right now. so I'm doing some of that, too. Good idea.
1: You know, if I had tulips in my hand and it was a beautiful weekend like this, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't hesitate to plant them. Mm -hmm. Uh, We know that the nice warm soil that actually they've done underground photography Mm -hmm. of what happens when you plant a tulip. Mm It's like minutes before the roots start to grow mm-hmm. on the bulbs when you plant mm-hmm. them now. Mm-hmm. But just make sure it's a yeah. well-drained location. Yeah. No, no sogginess. Yeah. Going to be mm-hmm. sunny in the spring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plant them deep enough so the squirrels aren't digging them up. And you, and like my friend Sean James always says, you can't plant tulips too deep. So get them down deep yeah. enough. The squirrels don't even know they're there. Yeah. And uh, and and I would go ahead. Like you know, it's got to work with your lifestyle too, right? Mm-hmm. but if you wait a couple of weeks that's okay too just don't yeah. wait into November then the soil has cooled off no, too much no
3: I usually try to get them in before that yeah. you know.
1: and um, daffodils actually do
2: better the sooner you plant them mm-hmm. it t- t- is this true they take a little bit longer to get their roots established
1: and lilies have to be planted at the moment you're buying them lilies and fritillaria into the ground immediately yeah. uh-huh. they'll the do better quickly. yeah because you know. yeah, they don't have the tunic they don't have that little paper covering uh, that's what it right? is that yeah. little paper covering keeps the tulips protected do you have
3: any suggestions
1: how you can cover it up so the squirrels won't get at it? Well, depth. Depth makes a real difference. Look around, make sure there's no squirrels watching you. Uh, If there are, get some peanuts, throw them across the road so they're not seeing what you're doing, and then get them in the ground really quick, and then put I do, like I just find some debris, like some leaves, some cut branches, and I throw them on top of the soil where I've just planted my tulips so the squirrels don't know I've just done something there. It's when we leave a beautiful clean, fresh yeah. Leveled mm-hmm. their what's under there, and yeah. they start digging. Yeah. Okay, we got to go. Thanks, okay, Anne. Thank you very Thanks for your call. Look, we have seconds to say goodbye. Thank you. Thank you, Laurie, for coming oh, it's in. It's been a thrill, Charlie. It's thank been you. great. I'm so glad you came. We'll have to do this again. All right, keep it growing. All right, see you again. Bye bye next week.
0: This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.